You're listening to another life-transforming message from C3 Church San Diego. For more information on our church, go to c3sandiego.com. All right, come with me to the, the Gospel of Luke. The Gospel of Luke. Have I missed anything? No, I'm good. Okay, Gospel of Luke chapter 1. Gospel of Luke chapter 1. Uh, let me just repeat this. I did say it in the, in the 10. I want to repeat it now. God spoke to me a little while ago saying, because of the multiplicity of our campuses and then the fact that we have, I think, like 12 or 13 services on a Sunday, He said to me, what I want you to do is I want you to write a brand new message every week because the message that, that I gave you, you know, for North Campus last week, or it's actually for the church, but if you just preach that one message, then, you know, when you look at the podcast list, you're going to struggle to find, you know, where's the, where's the senior camp. So he says, I can give you a word of the Lord for the church every single week. So, so in saying all of that, last week's message, Mission Impossible, you want to download, you want to listen to it. It is, it is a prophetic message, it is a powerful message on just the gravity of what it costs to save you and I. It was literally literally a mission impossible. But once we get to heaven, you're going to have an oh shoot moment when you get to heaven to realize how many times it looked like salvation was lost. Salvation was gone, but God, but God, but God. You are saved because our God took on a mission impossible. And we're here today. So that's a great message. But today it's going to follow on from that. This message is called Impossible interventions, impossible interventions. And if I was to give you a, a, a forewarning for this message, I just want you to know that, that God is going to intervene and interrupt what the world has deemed impossible over your life. So just get ready. Just get ready. If you're living under it, well, that's impossible. Well, that's not possible. Just get ready to have your impossible interrupted and interfered with. God's about to mess it up. No apologies. All right, Luke 1, 26. Now in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel, the angel Gabriel was sent by God. I did a Hispanic accent yesterday in the four. <laughs> Buenos tardes, Senor Scrooge. <laughs> now in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel. It just sounds better in, in a Hispanic accent, doesn't it? I, I definitely know, and this, please no offense uh, to my in-laws, I definitely know that, that God is not Australian. Now, in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel. I reckon God has got some Latino in him. Now, in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel. I mean, it just sounds, doesn't it sound like divine? Have you noticed like the, it doesn't matter what you say in, in Espanol. Everything sounds awesome. Donde esta el baño, por favor. It sounds awesome. Compare that to Australia. Where's the toilet? I mean, it's just, there's no comparison. Donde esta el baño, por favor. Like, if I would have known Spanish back then, I could have asked Leanne where the bathroom was, and she would have said, yes, yes. That's how romantic. Anyway, I digress. The angel Gabriel was sent by God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin. Everyone say virgin. 
to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary, and having come in, the angel said to her, Rejoice, highly favored one, the Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. But when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying and considered what manner of greeting this was. Then the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son and shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Highest. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom, there will be no end. Then Mary said to the angel, Oh my, 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 how can this be, since I do not know a man? And the angel answered and said to her, The Holy Spirit, will come upon you and the power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore also that holy one who is to be born will be called the Son of God. Now indeed, Elizabeth, your relative, has also conceived a son in her old age. And this is now the sixth month for her who was called barren. For with God, nothing will be impossible. Verse 37 again. For with God... Nothing will be impossible. Then Mary said, Behold, the maidservant of the Lord, let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. Impossible interventions. Point number one, God does not need favorable circumstances. God does not need favorable circumstances. You can get a home despite the economy. You can get a home despite how expensive the city is. Do you know that every year, God's principles still work in San Diego? It's not like, you know, Gabriel comes down every year and says, you know, and the following cities are no longer able to facilitate God's Word. Moscow, London, Sydney, New York, San Francisco, San Diego. Sorry about that. You know, too expensive for God's, God's, God's power works just as well here. Don't be fooled into thinking, well, it's expensive. Well, it's difficult, isn't it? It's difficult. You know, uh, uh, Stacy and I were talking with Pastor Leanne and some other pastors this week, and, and they were telling us how difficult their city was. And I thought, wow, that's interesting, isn't it? Because apparently there are easy cities. There are easy, easy cities to plan a church. Oh, your city's easy to plan. Oh, is that right? You know, you know so when Satan took one third of the angel and, you know, angels and he, and he kind of distributed principalities and powers to like govern regions to push back the work of darkness. You know, he didn't, didn't have a great selection. Like, you know, some of the strongholds, he had good strong angels. But, you know, apparently over San Diego, uh, you know, the principality put there. That doesn't really know what he's doing. And, uh, but, you know, over some of these other regions, well, you know, he's got the, some of the dumbest things I've ever heard. Anyway, um, so, so you need to understand just because something is difficult, that doesn't mean that the God's not there. Following the path of least resistance makes both men and rivers crooked. Somebody once said. You're actually going to find that, 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 that there's an overcoming. That's why the Bible says that we're more than conquerors. If it's easy, there's nothing to conquer. Nothing in life comes without a challenge. Nothing in life comes without a level of difficulty. But let me just move you from difficult to impossibility. God loves to invade impossible. 
God loves to invade the impossible. God loves to blow people's minds so that the signature at the bottom of the masterpiece points to Him, the author and the finisher of your faith. You were created to live in a realm that other people said, no, no, this is not possible. When I look at my life, it was not possible that I could have married my Leanne. In fact, my father-in-law, when I asked him if I could marry his daughter, sat down with me and said, okay, well, what are your, what are your prospects? I said, well, Glad that you asked that they're going to employ, well, they're going to put me on as a youth pastor in, in New Zealand. Oh, so you want to marry my 17-year-old daughter and take her to another nation. That's right. Straight into full-time ministry. That's correct, sir. And what, what salaries are you? Oh, there's no salary in the church. How are you going to support my daughter? I said, funny you should ask that. I had this idea. I was watching the Maoris washing windscreens whenever the lights went red and people were obligated and they were making, they were making some of them were making like $15, $16 an hour. I figured I could do that for 30 hours a week and just, you know, spend 20 hours, you know, working for the church. And he's like, so you're going to take my 17-year-old daughter to another nation into full-time ministry away from her family and you've got no means of supporting her. That's right. And what city is this? Manukau. It's the second most dangerous city in the Southern Hemisphere this year outside of Johannesburg. So my father-in-law leaned in front of me and said, God himself will have to speak to me. And if you've ever seen Dumb and Dumber, I was the Dumb and Dumber. I was the muse for that because I'm like, so you're saying there's a chance? And, and I remember leaving going, woohoo, we're on the moon. No, I left going, I left going, man, I thought for sure he'd say no. So me and God had this thing going. So I'm like, God, okay, you, you heard my potential father-in-law. And three days later, I get a, a phone call from my beautiful mother-in-law saying, would you come over, love? And I go over and, and she goes, oh, you know, um, Alan's sitting in, the, um, in, in his den, a little library study office. And so I walk in there and, hey, Mr. Gray, I'll oh, call me Alan. Yes, Mr. Gray. As I think it was only a few years ago, I started calling him Alan. I felt awkward. I was raised to call him Mr. Gray. And, uh, and, and uh, his eyes were a little bit bloodshot. I said, oh, is everything okay? He said, I haven't been able to sleep for three days. I think God's telling me you can marry my daughter. Woohoo! So I want you to know I live, I live in the realm of impossibility. Life is too short. Do not settle for what is possible. Do not settle for what is possible. God wants you to live in the impossible. God wants you to live in the impossible. It is impossible for a virgin to give birth. It is impossible. A virgin cannot conceive, and yet when, when she's like, hang on, how, how can this be seeing I know not a man? The word know means seeing I'm not having sexual relationship. I'm not, I, I'm not having sex like this. It, how, can, how can this be? And he says the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit can transcend biology. You need to understand that God created the elements. God created nature. God created the physical laws that govern our universe. But it's interesting, the Bible says, and Jesus came walking to them on the sea. Why did he come walking to them on the sea? Because biologically and physically, it is impossible for water to, to hold a human being's weight as he walks on it. Or she walks on it. Because Jesus was modeling that I am the Word. 
And even though the word put biology and put physiology and put laws of physics in motion, even though the word put those things in motion, the word is not subject to them. They are subject to the word and I can trump them at any time. Muhammad never walked on the water. Confucius never walked on the water. Buddha never walked on the water. But one who was the word, in the beginning was the word. The word was with God. The word always trumps. So whatever you're living under, can I tell you the word of God can trump over. That's why you'll find that God, that's why you'll find that God will send his word into your impossible. He will send his word into your impossible to take you from impossible into possible. You know, the whole journey of this church was was God showing me that, that you don't need favorable circumstances. They told me that San Diego was a preacher's graveyard. God spoke to Isaac in Genesis 26 when there was a famine into the land. And, and Isaac thought, I'm going to go down to Egypt because Egypt by the Nile River had, had aqueducts and viaducts and, and waterways. And there was grain in Egypt. And God said to him, Isaac, don't go down to Egypt. Stay in the land of famine. Stay in the land of drought because more fruitful will you be in a famine, more fruitful will you be in a drought with God than in the flourishing plains of Egypt without God. And the Bible says in Genesis 26, so Isaac sowed in that land, in the land of famine, in the land of drought, and the Lord blessed the seed that he sowed so that that year he reaped a 100-fold return. So the man began to prosper and continued prospering until he became very prosperous. God put that verse in there for the anti-prosperity preachers. The man began to prosper, continued prospering until he became very prosperous so that the Philistines envied him. Why? Because he stayed in that. Can I just tell you, God can bless you in San Diego. God can bless you in difficult. God can bless you. When God sent us to San Diego, he didn't send us here to fail. God is a God that invades impossibility. Do you know the Bible says about Abraham? That Abraham in Romans 4, the Bible says he didn't consider the deadness of his own body nor the deadness of Sarah's womb. Abraham being about 100 years old, Sarah was 89. The Bible says that, that he didn't consider the deadness of his body, the deadness of Sarah's womb, but rather believe God. Believe that what God had promised, God was able to deliver. God is not a man that he should lie. It's the seed, it's the Word of God that changes everything. When the, when the Word of God goes into even the most barren soil, you need to understand the Word of God has power in it to transform even the soil that it is put in. The Word of God never returns to God void. It always accomplishes that for which it is sent forth. You can build your life on the Word of God. Now, here's the thing. Some of us can look and say, well, yeah, you know, we, we read over Romans 4 and, and Abraham and Sarah and yeah, they believed again. It wasn't like, you know, she didn't get pregnant last month, so they're believing this month. It wasn't like, well, you know, last year we tried to have a baby and it didn't happen, so we're going to believe this year. This is 50 years. This is 50 years reinforced again and again by the doctors, re reinforced again and again 
by the fact no baby, no baby. Reinforced again, Sarah is barren. Something is broken in her womb. Something is broken in her. She cannot conceive. She cannot conceive. This is, this is not only exacerbated and reinforced by 50 years of no. This is now, now it looks like the bookend is on there. It looks like the exclamation mark is put in there because she's gone through menopause. She is 89. If there were eggs, there are, there Surely they're all gone now. This is an impossibility. But you and I serve a God that is in no way anxious. He is no way intimidated. He is no way frightened. He is no way bullied by what men have called impossible. I'm not sure what situation you're facing right now, but I want you to understand that the God that you and I serve is not a God that just says, well, you know, there's nothing I can do. That's impossible. No, no. Your God is a God that invades the impossible. He's a God that invades the... when when it. When the going gets tough, the tough get going. When the things get impossible, the God of impossible starts to get going and turning the impossible into possible. Can somebody say amen? So the Bible says that Abraham believed God and Sarah at 89 conceives in her womb and she brings forth a child and they named him Yitzhak. Yitzhak in Hebrew means laughter. You know why? Because she's 90 and she's pushing a stroller. And for 50 years, all the people that said there was something wrong with her, there was something broken in her little baby factory, now she's pushing a baby and they're like. And then they're like, Sarah, what's the little baby's name? And she's just like. <laughs> that's, that's, that's the Bible. Anyway. Number two, I've got to move. Number two, number two, God destroys labels. See, God says, the angel Gabriel says to Mary, not only this, sweetie, but let me help you. Let me encourage you. This is now the sixth month for your Auntie Elizabeth. Auntie Elizabeth was also past childbearing age. And he goes, this is now the sixth month for her who was called barren. See, it's one, it's one thing to be barren. It's one thing to be disappointed. It's one thing to, to, to feel something is broken, something is wrong. There must be something wrong with me. Why can't I conceive? There, there must be something wrong with, with doing the pregnancy test with your husband. And, and again, it's negative. And again, it's negative. And again, it's negative. It's, it, it, it's one thing to bear the weight of, is there something wrong with me? Why doesn't life work out? You're watching other people get pregnant. You're watching people with unwanted pregnancies and here I am, I can't get pregnant. And it's, that's one thing. But it's a whole nother thing to be labeled. The world that we live in loves to put labels on things. There are all these diagnoses. You go to, they've got a diagnosis, oh, you're ADD, you're ADHD, you're... The, the world loves to put labels. Here's the, here's the danger with a label. The danger with a label is that you will live under the word spoken over your life. The danger of a label is that you and I will live and perform. In fact, we will even believe under the word spoken over. Some of us had, have had words spoken over hopeless, useless, no good, never amount to much, bipolar, anxiety, depressive, manic. We've had words spoken over us and those words over us 
become things that we now live under. You know, I, I never had encouragement from my father growing up. And without realising, I found that, that I had developed uh, a second best mentality. One of the most powerful moments in my ministry life was the, 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 the very gentleman that prophesied that I would move from Sydney to New Zealand. Um, when I was in New Zealand, came to minister in New Zealand and he pulled me out of the crowd and he said, Jürgen, God cannot bless you where he wants to take you because you have adopted a second best mentality a second best mentality. And if I was honest, I didn't realize it at the time, but it was a truth because the Bible says in Proverbs 16, 15, that hope deferred makes the heart sick. Once you believe for the stars and don't even make it out of the stratosphere, you begin to lower your sights. You begin to lower your expectations. So I stopped believing for the best. I stopped believing for good things. I stopped believing for great things. I developed a second best mentality because I was trying to protect my heart. And I want you to know today that God is going to deliver you from a life. That, that, you know, there was a, a, a terrible Hollywood movie with Jack Nicholson in it a few years ago called As Good As It Gets. And the whole question is, what if this is as good as it gets? And I understand that we ought to be grateful in all things. We ought to be thankful in all things. Nowhere does the Bible say be thankful for all things. A lot of Christians confuse that. Well, I'm thankful for this cancer. God didn't give it to you, so don't be thankful for it. Be thankful in it that God has supplied by His stripes you are healed. But don't be thankful. For, be thankful in is different to thankful for. Does that make sense? So let me just tell you this. Your God is a label-destroying God. He is a label-destroying God. He is a label destroying God. Whatever label has been put over you, God wants to break it. Now, let me just, let me tell you how that happens. It's very simple. The ancient Chinese symbol for man is a mouth with legs. God created man in his image and likeness. God didn't create monkey in his image and likeness, the orangutan in his image and likeness. God didn't create the giraffe, the elephant, the rhino, the bull, he, he created man in his image, in his likeness. God is revealed in Scripture as the speaking God. He's a God that speaks. He's a God that speaks. In the beginning was the Word. The Bible says, and it was the voice of the Lord that walked in the garden. It wasn't the presence of God. It was the voice of God. The, the presence followed the voice. The presence followed the voice. It's very important. Nothing in the Bible is there by accident. God is a speaking God. Let there be light, light was. Let there be a firmament, and it was so. Let dry ground appear, and it was so. Let the seas be gathered, and it was so. Let the ground produce, and it was so. God said, 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 and it was so. Then God said, let us make man in our image and in our likeness. The difference between man and the animal kingdom is that you and I have the power of speech. The power of speech has been hijacked by the devil because he wants you to curse what God is trying to bless. So he lies to us in our our education systems that have been that have been uh, infiltrated and infected by a spirit of humanism that will try and tell you that the original purpose of speech is for communication. That language evolved so we could communicate to one another. Can I just tell you that the, the, the uh, communication is the third? It's not even the, the second. C communication, speaking to one another and relating, is the third use of language. The primary use of language is creation. The second one 
one is to establish a flow of authority. Let me explain what that is, is God gave you the power to amen. God gave you the power to amen. Where you place your amen is where authority flows. You gotta make a decision. I'm not gonna put my amen with what the doctors have said. I'm not gonna put my amen with what the economists have said. I'm not gonna put my amen with what the world around about me. I'm not gonna put my amen to what the culture has said. When we came to San Diego, they said, listen, San Diego is a preacher's graveyard. San Diego is this, San Diego is that. You can't build this and you can't do that in San Diego. I just made a decision. I'm not leaving a sick mama and I'm not traveling all the way over with three little boys. I'm not putting $100,000 on my mortgage to invest and to, for me to put my amen and you telling me what can't be done in San Diego. You know what I'm gonna do instead? You keep your, you keep your word, but I ain't gonna amen your word. I've got the authority to choose where I'm putting my amen and I'm gonna instead, I'm gonna move my amen over here to what God has said. Move your amen to what God has said. Move your amen to what God has said. The power of amen. See, the power of agreement is the place of authority. The place of authority is where the power of God flows. The place of agreement. When, when Mama, when, 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 when Leanne bakes cookies, and she says to the kids, no cookies till after dinner. The kids know Mama has just established a law that in accordance with the Medes and the Persians cannot be revoked. But they notice Dad is sitting there. He's come home from work and he's watching the news. They know that Dad is a boy and can't multitask. He can't take in the news and actually cognitively Dad, can I have a cookie? Yeah, whatever you want. Shh. Watching the news. Kids know all they've got to do is bring division and there's a breakdown of authority in the home because the place of agreement is the place of power. The devil, devil, he does not want you to understand the power of your amen. He does not want you to understand the when the doctors told us that Zoe we should have bought Zoe. Interesting, Leanne was Valerie's fourth. Zoe was Leanne's fourth. Generational curse coming down. Valerie should abort her fourth. Now Leanne has a fourth in her womb. Doctors said the same thing. Unless you're ready to raise a severely retarded, handicapped child, you should abort there are massive chromosome deficiencies, deformations in her internal organs, in her lungs. You should abort. We drove home. Leanne was obviously very upset. She didn't ask for the pregnancy. I did. I asked. I want a little girl. I had three boys. I always wanted a girl. Every girl I was dedicating, I'm like, God, I want one of these. And then when I got a girl, now my next goal was every baby I would dedicate, I would say, you know, is that little Yergi Jaeger? And, uh, and now I finally got a little Noah Jurgen. Not that you guys aren't my favourites, but Michael and Lisa do have a Noah Jurgen. I'm just putting it out there. I know, I know you guys probably haven't finished having babies, but they named baby Noah Jurgen. Anyway, and so, 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 so when they when they told me that I I I I had a I had a what, what do I do with my amen? Well, well you know I understand they're doctors. They're they're physical doctors. And the physical circumstances of, of what they've just surveyed and, and you know, the 300-point 
ultrasound revealed that all these things and there are chromosome deficiencies and you know I just decided yeah you know what I don't want to amen that because that's not really so I'm going to just I'm going to move my amen chips and and even though you say man that's a hundred to one odds I've decided I'm going to move all my chips to wherever wherever God places his bet that's where I'm going to Whatever God has said, I'm just going to move my amen. Because I'd rather, listen, listen to me, listen to me. Your mouth is the gateway to the blessing of God flowing into the world. When God created man in His image, He says, have dominion over the entire, subdue. How was He to do that? Adam wasn't stronger than a bull elephant. He couldn't tackle a rhino and bring it down. He couldn't outrun a cheetah. And yet he was, how was he going to do that? By amen. Your amen is the gateway. Jesus says, whatever you bound in heaven, whatever you, your mouth is the gateway. Where, do, where are you putting your amen? I've just made a decision. Life is too short for me to live under somebody else's version of what is and is impossible. I'm actually going to let God set the ceiling. I'm actually going to let God set the bar. I'm going to let God set the thermostat. I've made a decision in my life. I'm just going to amen whatever Papa God says. It doesn't matter what the culture says. It doesn't matter what the experts say. It doesn't matter what people say. Do you know how many times the experts have been wrong? Do you know how many times the experts have been wrong? Hello. I've decided, you know what? I'm going to put my amen with God. And when you put your amen with God, you see the power of God flow. Do you know how impossible it is for a kid who is a convicted felon for attempted rape? He is labelled prisoner. He is labelled attempted rapist. And he comes out of the prison and becomes the prime minister of Egypt. His name is Joseph. It is impossible. But Joseph never put his amen to what others said. He kept, the Bible says, that while he was in prison, while he was in prison, the Word of the Lord tried him until the Word of the Lord came to pass. He said, I am putting my chips down. I am putting my amen down anywhere except the dream. It was the dream of God. Even when Potiphar, when Potiphar's wife says, hey, sleep with me. Come on, you're a slave boy. He treats you like a slave. You're just a slave, but you can you can get back at Potiphar. I'm sure my husband, he came home with lipstick on his collar. He's probably cheating on me. I'm going to get back at him. I'm gonna, and he's like, you know what? I'm not a revenge piece, sweetheart. And and what your, your idea of... Play, this is not the dream. I'm going, to, I'm going to keep my amen because I believe that my God has a dream for me. This is not the dream. This will be a nightmare. You're going to, I'm, not going to, I'm not going to allow my dream to be hijacked. I'm going to put my amen with what God says. So no, thank you, sweetheart. I couldn't do this thing against your husband or God who sees everything. No, he was able to say no because he said, I'm not moving my amen anywhere else but to what God has said. Move your amen. Get an amen to the Word of God. Don't amen the world. Don't amen the doctor. Don't amen the physiologists. Don't amen the experts. Don't amen the economists. Move your amen to what the Word of God says. This year, make a decision. You know what Mary did? She says, she says, you know what? I'm going to move my amen. I don't understand how this is going to happen, but I do know that God is a God that invades the impossible. So she says, behold, the maidservant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your Word. In other words, you know what? I'm going to amen what God says. This year, make a decision. I'm going to amen what God says. I'm going to amen what God says. As you cross into 2020, I'm telling you're going to open the gateway to the impossible becoming possible but it all depends where you move your amen move your amen to his word come here if you believe that say amen oh I'm so naughty the last point which is the best point 
that I said I would get to and I didn't. Number three, God paid for your new life. God paid for your new life. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not preaching some happy, clappy, uh, that, that guy up there, you know, that C3 pastor, he's just like Joel Osteen. Friend, God's got a plan for you. When Jesus was born, and that's what we're coming into Christmas. When Jesus was born, He was born in which town? Anybody? Bethlehem. He was born in a little town called Bethlehem of Ephrathah. And was there any room in the inn when He went to the inn, the hotel? Where did they put Him? They put Him out in a stable. And the Bible says, And when Mary brought forth her firstborn, she wrapped Him in swaddling cloth and lay Him in a, in a manger. You know what a manger is? It's a feeding trough. You know what it's made out of? Wood and nails. So when Jesus was born, they lay Him on wooden nails. 33 years later, when Jesus died, they laid Him on wooden nails. He was born and they laid Him on a construct of wooden nails. 33 years later, when He died, they laid Him on a construct of wooden nails. You think it was a coincidence? You think that God had no idea? What? Jo Joseph's profession is what? What a coincidence, Gabriel. He's a carpenter? Oh my goodness. You think it was a coincidence? You think it was a coincidence that Jesus grew up in a home where his papa worked with wooden nails? You, you, you think that was a coincidence? Joseph made fine and exquisite furniture, tables, chairs, fixtures. As a carpenter, he he built structures for dwellings. But the Son, Jesus, He would eclipse. He would eclipse everything His Papa had made with wood and nails. With wood and nails, the carpenter's boy would save mankind. With wood and nails, He would purchase redemption. With wood and nails, He would secure eternal salvation. With wood and nails, He would destroy the works of the devil. With wood and nails, He would break the curse and release blessing. With wood and nails. Thanks for listening. To find out more about our pastors, team, and what we do at C3 San Diego, go to C3SanDiego.com.